Hey everybody, this is Luke LaRockwalker. And I'm Paul Imperius. We're from True North Denture and Implant Center in Cochrane, Alberta, Canada. And we're excited to invite you to the Iva Claire Ballroom in Chicago. Come and join us on Saturday, February 24th from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. We'll be sharing our wisdom and tips and tricks for success. You'll learn how we transition from analog to a digital denture workflow. And how you can too. So, if you're making dentures and want to transition to digital success, come and see us. We can't wait to meet you and collaborate on your journey to a better smile. Come see many other speakers in the Iva Clark Ballroom during Lab Day Chicago. Also, Barb and I will be there all weekend recording anyone willing to sit down. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com forward slash Ivaclar for the full list of speakers. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Ivaclar. Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 308 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Yes, still. Still. <laughs> So last week, I believe I was talking about our full spring that we were having here in Indiana, where it was like 50 degrees, and I was loving it. Yeah. As of this recording, we're just a little above two inches of snow. Ooh, so, day. Yeah. Well, it's rainy in Florida and like 55, which is cold, but still not the, not the nicest day. I, I'm actually really psyched. This is Monday, so we're releasing this Monday. I leave tomorrow. Yep. I am psyched to go out of town. I am psyched to see everybody. I'm psyched to record. I'm just really thrilled. So I'm looking forward to getting out of here. Super excited for this week. Yay. So much going on. It feels like it's finally back. I'm getting so many invitations to like after parties and companies putting on VIP events. Yep. It seems like it's finally, finally back to what it was pre-pandemic. You know it. And we'll be everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, we will be everywhere. <laughs> I can't wait. Old friends, hopefully make some new friends. I mean, just think of all the people that are going to be in Chicago. And the classes, the presentations. Yeah, there's just way too much going on for us to do. Everything, but we're going to try like how. I was looking through the list of educators. I think they call it on the LMT site. And all the people that are going to be teaching classes. And man, do yourself a favor. If you're signed up for a course... Head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com. We have like a search button, and you can search for guests that we've had on the podcast. See if the person teaching the class has been on our podcast. I mean, that way, while you're traveling to Chicago, you can learn a little about them. You know, maybe get a hint of what you might learn. Pretty smart. That's a really good thing. So go VoicesFromTheBench.com and check it out. Plus, it's always good to suck up to the teacher, and you can tell them that you heard them on the podcast. <laughs> There's a ton of people teaching that have been on this podcast over the last six years. Oh, God, yeah. So, this is it. Yep. This is the last time we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to be recording at Cal Lab Association meeting at the Swiss Hotel on Thursday from 4 to 6.30. And then on Friday, around noon, when Calab's over, 
we're going to start the big event and record in the Ivaclar Ballroom, which is right across the hall from the registration desk. Then, all day Saturday, we're going to be there again in the Ivaclar Ballroom. Yeah, so please come see us. Say hi. You don't necessarily have to be on the podcast, although I know my partner and I would love to have you, but... You get a cool podcast sticker, and you get to come say hi. Absolutely. And if you've been on the podcast before, don't hesitate to come over and be on again to give us an update of what you've been doing since the last time you are on the podcast. We would totally like to revisit with some friends. And make sure you wear your shirts and your jacket and all the fun hoodies. I'll be wearing my hoodie for five days straight. <laughs> I did get two of them, so I will be able to let one air out every other day. I've been wearing them all week, honestly, at work. I gave out one hoodie to my girlfriend, Rebecca Gerber. I gave mm-hmm. a shirt to Alex, and then I gave another shirt out yesterday. We're presenting at Lexer. Yeah, and I'm still getting emails almost every day about people still wanting that shirt. It might have to come back in the spring. We'll see. You snooze, you lose, y'all. They're like, well, I really wish I would order one. Well, hello. Yeah. We say that every time, and then we have these really cool merchandise, and everybody wants it. A little too late. Yeah, and I love it how they tell us that they never (laughs) knew we were selling them. I mean, it's not like it's a secret. (laughs) Yeah, the way we post, yeah, that's never, not happening. (laughs) All right, so what's happening? Well, this week we have two gentlemen that separately have created some of the best companies in our industry. Yeah. No doubt. But now they've come together to offer a unique strategy of marketing your lab to fix a problem. Hmm. Rob Lejeure of the Full Contour and Three Shape fame has partnered up with Sasha from the Harvest Dental fame to go deep into how a lab can deficiate themselves from other labs. They talk about their mutual desire on how they want to see labs succeed, combining their tangible and intangible values using a little artificial intelligence, and how having substantial communications with labs, they want to find out what makes each one unique in a world full of commodity products. Yeah, I love that. That is just so smart. With examples on how labs can position themselves above the rest, think pizza. You know it. Rob and Sasha go deep into a conversation on marketing to fix a problem and not just a product. So join us as we chat with Rob and Sasha. Whether you're looking to elevate your craftsmanship or looking to cut back on cost, look no further. Vita MFT teeth are the ultimate solution for creating lifelike and stunning smiles. Crafted with precision and backed by cutting edge technology, Vita MFT teeth offer unparalleled aesthetics and durability. And since Vita believes in the power of experiencing excellence firsthand, for a limited time only, they are offering you the chance to get a complimentary case sample. That's right, a full case absolutely free. Just visit vitanorthamerica.com forward slash free MFT. Don't wait any longer to start providing your customers a premium tooth at an economy price. Redeem your free case sample, and if you're ready to buy, Vita will even give you an extra 10% off discount by shopping online on their newly launched online store. Join the Vita family today, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. 
Hey, it's Candelor from Switzerland. Whether digital or analog, there are many ways to work in removable prosthetics. And you decide how you want to work at your bench. We provide you the materials to do so. With our new X-Molds of the PhysioSet TCR tooth line, you can cover a large part of your daily work. Whether complete dentures, partial dentures or hybrid prosthetics, there is always a solution. Our Swiss School of Prosthetics in Springfield, Missouri will be happy to teach you a few more things you learn for life, right? You'll be supported and supplied by our authorized dealer, Edmunds Dental Supply. Check out our website, candular.com. Candular, high-end only. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Awesome. We are super excited today to welcome two gentlemen that have just recently partnered up. Past podcast guest, we have Rob Lejure. How are you, sir? Hello, Elvis and Barb. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. So excited for you to join us again. And then Sasha Duradverdison. Uh, you got it. Good. Good job. Pass. <laughs> you, you should say it yourself, Sasha. <laughs> Dare Avernessian. Nice. Dare Avernessian. Correct. That was I love not it. close, but it was close. <laughs> well, it's closer than the first time. I always, mm-hmm. as long as there's always improvement, you know. Yeah. 1% better every day. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, buddy. So, Rob, we had you on just last year. Yeah. And I know a lot has happened with you during that short time. Yes. Lots of changes. And Sasha, we had you on four or five years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe 21? Yep. Maybe? Long time. Even that seems, yeah, something, long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. You're still the CEO of Harvest, right? (laughs) I haven't gotten fired yet. That's a good thing. (laughs) But I know you've had some personal changes about moving and getting away from California and all that. Yep. So where should we start, gentlemen? Maybe maybe Sasha, talk about what Harvest is doing lately, your personal move, and this reason for bringing Rob on board. I would love to. Yeah, it's, it's a highlight for sure, you know, of, of my life. And that means it's it's been a great season, you know, for me personally, but also for Harvest. Harvest was was founded by me in a two-car garage in 2004. My father was a dental lab owner, and so I grew up in the lab. Yep. Growing up, it was my favorite place to be. I collected two things when I was 12 years old, baseball cards and trade journals. Nice. I love it. And I still have every issue of LMT from 1985. I have every issue in my, in my office. Wow. And so I'm a... You know, I'm what you would call an industry fan. I'm passionate about the industry. Does LMT ever call you to reference old articles? <laughs> well, they actually, they, they sent them to me. I actually had, had requested some old magazines to kind of complete the collection that, that I had. Oh, sure. And they were, I mean, incredibly generous and sent them to me. Yeah. So it's like a collectible for me. I, I That's collect awesome. LMT magazines. Were they always that big? No. I'm sorry? From what I can remember, yes, there were there, and, and I've got other magazines as well. There was Trends and Techniques, and oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah, the Dental Lab products was like huge. It was like, I mean, it was it was a really big magazine at that time. There was another one called Dental Lab World, mm. um, oh. which which I have, and so yeah, I've got I've got kind of a mix of them, and 
and I just loved kind of flipping through them. But, you know, essentially always had a dream and the dream was to create the Mont Blanc of dental lab products. And the reason for that is, is, is simple, you know, a paper mate pen, which is, you know, you can buy for 99 cents and a Mont Blanc pen, which is about $600, hmm. both will write the same name, but one of them is actually given away as a gift more so than it is a writing instrument. And it's not that my products are ultra expensive. Actually, we thrive on driving best in class product development at cost leadership pricing. But the motive, the vision was to create products that were meaningful, products that actually mean something, right, to the technician. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't want to just become a distributor. We wanted to create products that had a reason for being. And that's really kind of what Harvest, who Harvest is, what Harvest does. And, you know, how does Rob fit in? Um, well, you know, I'm a firm believer that the companies that win today and tomorrow are going to be the companies that create value through connectivity. That we are not in a trade economy, but a connection economy. Yeah. And as technology brings people closer together, Rob comes to harvest with a very rare and scarce skill set of creating intangible value. Where, where I thrive on creating tangible value, i.e. products, mm -hmm. Rob comes to harvest with, with a depth of knowledge and a track record of creating intangible products and value propositions. And so, and, and that's the fun part is navigating a new world together, leveraging our strengths. And um, Rob is someone that I've always had tremendous respect for. I've watched, you know, him and his family build an incredible company that uh, is, is admired globally full company. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then, and then watched him, watched him grow three shape design services. And, um, and we developed a friendship through shared values. And, and so now we're, we're coming together and looking for creative ways to execute those values. So when you say intangible, Rob brings intangible, like what is your definition? Help me define that meaning for your business. Well, it's creating more value than the products themselves, right? So yeah. all products are valuable. And so how do we, how do we become more valuable than the best in class products that Harvest makes? And it's going to be through efficiency. It's going to be through uh, an obsession around defining what is the true customer problem. Aha, uh -huh. got it. And most times there's a connection point that's broken, mm -hmm. whether it's in a product workflow or it's a, in a communication process. And so, you know, to be quite frank, we don't even know what that truly is going to become. We have some, I think, general ideas, and I'd love Rob to kind of, you know, take the baton on this, but it's how Rob thinks and it's what Rob believes yep, got that, it. that that is the true fit for Harvest. And how does Harvest create a blue ocean in scarcity with regards to like value that doesn't exist? Hmm. And that's inventive, right? Like that's yeah. something that needs to be invented. Yep. And, and so you've got two creative people who are passionate about the industry who have both grown up in dental laboratories and, and believe that we are in this industry for a reason. We are called to be here. And so, Rob, I'd love for you to maybe just kind of talk about, you know, what, what that means to you. 
Yeah, Rob, you up for that task? <laughs> I think I am. I think I am. Um, yeah, it's Three Shape took really, really good care of me. It was a an amazing acquisition, an amazing partnership. We grew the business, we developed AI, and we did a lot of really fun and exciting things. And there was nothing negative for the reason of my departure at all. It was more of just me wanting to spread my wings and find what's next in my journey. And when I left 3Shape, um, Sasha and I weren't even talking. Uh, I had been out of 3Shape for two months, just kind of working my way around. And I was doing some consulting and just trying to just really think what I wanted to do next. Sure. Yeah. And then when Sasha called me and uh, we just started talking and he shared the vision of Harvest, which I knew, but I got more of a full picture from him. And so, yeah, but I'll fast forward and just answer the question and then I, I can go back if necessary. But Something I love about Sasha, which I'm very similar to, is that we don't try to sell product. What we do is we get on the phone with the customer, a team's meeting, or we're sitting there face-to-face in a room, and we just start with, how's it going at the lab? Like, How are you guys doing? And what challenges are you facing? And we are hoping that they're, through that conversation that we could find um, some problems to, to address with some product we have. But uh, I'll give you an example. I was talking with uh, another lab and we just started talking about marketing and we started talking about anterior cases and we started talking about social media. And uh, so then we just, we kind of went off on this tangent of, you know, how do we position their anterior cases to solve a problem, not just be a product? What, What I mean by that is a lot of labs will communicate. I have the best technicians. I use the best materials. I have the best mills. I have the best furnaces. I have a state-of-the-art dental lab by my anteriors. I think mm-hmm. that message is ignored. The reason it's ignored is because it's common, right? It's, it's what every lab says. So if it's what every lab says, if, if it's what everybody does, then you don't stand out. But if you position your products, your anteriors in this case, and you say, you know, doc, we find that there are five common reasons why an anterior needs to get remade. And we know what those reasons are, and we know why an anterior case could fail. And it'll have nothing to do with how the lab made them. It'll have everything to do with the doctor's prep, um, pre-evaluation process, and diagnostics, mm-hmm. and then the the final seating of the patient, and, and do those crowns match their patient-verified temps. Anyways, I'm getting into the weeds. I'll come back out. So on this call at this lab, we ended up diving into uh, marketing consulting with them purely out of a desire to help them grow their business, right? Because I believe, and Sasha believes, if our ultimate motive is to help a lab solve problems and grow their business, then we're going to be valuable to them. And if I, Rob Lejeure, or Sasha is valuable to a dental lab, then they're going to buy our products as a thank you. We have that same lab owner come up to us at the NADL and he came up and he hugged me and he just said, Hey Rob, man, just thank you for what you're doing at our lab. We need to buy more product from you. And I was like, okay, that'd be awesome. That's the idea. (laughs) And so that's, that's really our strategy. And it, you know, sometimes I was on a call with Sasha where this, this lab was asking for a product that we didn't have. And Sasha was like, you know, uh, I know you want that product. Um, I don't have it, but I know who does. Let me make an intro to you and make sure you get connected and you get taken care of, right? So that's those are just examples of, uh, through relationship, being more valuable than the products we make. Yeah. 
Well, this rings true with me because working for a lab, if I'm working with a dentist, my goal is to get them busier mm. and bring them success because I know that's the only way we're going to get business. Absolutely. It's sort of the same thing, right? 100%. If you can grow your customers, then your customers will grow you. And if they attribute that growth to you, then that's where the stickiness and the loyalty comes in. Yeah. It takes, takes time, takes effort, but it's worth it. So have you two developed a side of Harvest that is meant for helping labs grow outside of just the products they can buy at Harvest? Yeah, I mean, um, we we have, and and we're and we're in the early stages. So Rob has 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 Rob and I have been together now for for three months, five months. Come on, uh, man. five months. Five months. <laughs> I'm, 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 it feels like time time flies. <laughs> it does. It um, does. And so you know, we, we're still in the early stages of mapping out value proposition design and prioritization. Like we have a ton of ideas. Yeah. What comes first, what comes second, what comes third, right? It's very important for any organization to keep the main thing the main thing. And, and I think as two visionaries, it's very easy for us to, to, I mean, you should see our whiteboard sessions. It's, I mean, they are. We live in the clouds go, a lot. <laughs> we go for hours and hours. And sometimes we have to say, all right, let's go back to this because this one is the one where we feel the heat or there, there might be some more momentum. But I think marketing is a huge opportunity. Why? Because I'm a firm believer, and it's become a conviction that our industry is way over-educated on aesthetics and way, way under-educated on differentiation. And so one of the things that, that, that I feel Harvest can can contribute to is helping laboratories compete by leveraging what makes them unique. Mm. And based on, you know, Rob's kind of, you know, explanation and example with regards to the anterior cases there, you know, commodity is everywhere and it's in every industry. The, the dental lab industry is no different from the t-shirt industry or the shoe industry Sure. It's all the same. I mean, commodity exists everywhere. Furniture. I mean, huge commodities, right? Yeah. And so what is it that then differentiates a company or a product or a brand? And very plainly and, and from a, you know, a, a very simple explanation, it's, it's defining market conventions, the habitual ways that companies behave communicate about themselves, communicate uh, in their advertising, engage with their customers at the touch point level. It's identifying those conventions and using those conventions, right? The things that everybody does that are the same and using those conventions as a catalyst for differentiation, right? In order to be different, you cannot be the same. So for us to take what we've done at Harvest and what has proved successful right? Going from a two-car garage to being fully distributed in 60 plus countries. These are the things that I want to share. I want to share these things with dental labs. And I feel like, you know, conventions are found in three areas, right? They're found in marketing, they're found in product, and they're found in messaging. And so these are where, where we feel like we can help laboratories and, 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 and it's organic, right? Again, it's, it's, it's listening. It's, it's bending our ear 
away from our own ambition. In other words, we don't want to have a brand vision. Harvest wants to have a customer vision. And that vision is to help the customer grow because as Rob said, when the customer grows, we grow. That is so amazing. I don't think a lot of times, or maybe I'm wrong, but lab owners really think of those things that a company such as yours could actually bring that to them and sit down and talk about all of those amazing things that make them different. So this is kind of new. I mean, I work with a lot of really big companies and, and I don't think anybody has that way of thinking. How do you think of these things, Sasha? Late at night when you're laying in bed, like how you could be better? I see you all the time. I know how amazing your leadership is, but like, how did you connect that? You know, very simply, Barb, I, I reverse engineer myself. And so I, yeah. I spend a lot of time trying to understand what I myself am attracted to and what I'm not attracted to. And so I try to do the things that I find attractive with regards to how I engage with the brands that I'm loyal to. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Right. And then I punt on the behavior that I'm not attracted to. And, I, and sometimes I can find myself in that behavior and I'm like, you know, and so for me, journaling is a, is a, is a huge kind of harvesting field, no pun intended or pun intended, I guess. Um, <laughs> Yeah. To understand kind of why I believe what I believe and then reverse engineer it and then redeploy that as my brand assets. Yeah. Wow. And so for me, I'm always looking for, I'm not looking for a transaction. I'm looking for meaning. Mm -hmm. And of course there are products that I transact with like bottled water, but when yep. it comes to the categories that are meaningful to my life, Right the things that I engage with every day, the things that my success is, you know, in a lot of ways, maybe hinged to those, to those types of products or, or services. I want to know why I wouldn't, because I yeah. find it, I find that incredibly intriguing. Why would I be willing to pay more, for instance, for a product, you know, rather than lose them in my life, rather than not have them. And I think the, the, the essence of it is, you know, if, you know, and what I want to build is, is, you know, if Harvest was gone today, what would the market miss about us hmm. tomorrow? And that's where you find meaning. And so I want to mean something like when I die, I want to be missed. And, yeah. and, and that would have meant that I would have invested well. And, and so we want to invest well in lives, not just businesses. Businesses are run by humans. And so it's the human that's important to us. And, and Rob and I connect on that level. Like I, I've never connected. I mean, we'll spend hours talking about that subject. And so that's, I think, how it comes about. Great answer. That's amazing to me. I love it. You just inspire me, both of you, when I hear, you know, just visualize, you know, somebody coming into our business and helping us in, in a completely different manner than we've ever done business with anybody. Mm. It's pretty special. Thank you. Could you talk about the process? I mean, let's be honest. Both of you have been to Derby and kind of gone through that process with them. I'm not totally involved, but I'm aware of what's happening. I know you, you're bringing a lot to the table for Derby. Can you talk about kind of what you're doing? We've both been there. Sash helped a lot on uh, brand formation, like logo and brand identity and all that. And then I came out about a month ago or so. And yeah. I have a passion for messaging, like the, the words we use to describe 
why would a potential customer be attracted to our products or our services? And in the same way Sasha said, I take note of what types of advertisements or messaging am I drawn into? And I've discovered that there's this strategy of marketing, which has been around a long time and people have sort of repackaged it and repositioned it. And it's the fundamental of it is problem solution marketing. So you state a problem, you describe a problem, which is going to describe an internal, like emotional problem or an external problem. And then after you're done describing that problem, you position yourself, your product, your service as a guide or as a helper to help them solve that problem. Mm. Let me give you an example. You got to do this had... in 60 seconds during commercial break. <laughs> Go. <laughs> We're in commercial break now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm saying the messaging you have to do has oh. to do within a 60 second commercial. Yeah, I'll try to make it shorter. Okay. So uh, Bob's Pizza says, you know, buy three pizzas, get one free. And okay, buy three, get one free. Okay, that's boring. Like, what do I do with that free pizza? Okay, it's like more of a commodity sell. What Domino's Pizza is doing, if you guys have ordered Domino's recently, is they're positioning what's called an emergency pizza. And if you go to YouTube and you look up any of their ads, in the first 10 seconds, they show people that they're trying to make dinner and their dinner catches on fire in the oven, right? Or something, or they're walking home from the grocery store and the groceries fall out of their bag and break all over the street. So they start with the problem. The problem is what happens if your dinner catches fire and your original plans fail? Well, in comes Domino's. We have an emergency pizza. What's that? It's because you bought a couple pizzas from us a week ago and now we've put an emergency pizza in your app hmm. and you can just click one button and order it anytime. It's a free pizza, but they don't call it that. They call it an emergency pizza and they position it in a message to solve a problem. Hmm. The problem is your dinner caught fire in the oven. The solution is Domino's has an emergency pizza. I believe strongly in this type of messaging and you, and you see it everywhere. And I could give 20 more examples, but I won't. Sure. And, I, and lab selling full contours or conia crowns is like a pizza. Everyone's got one. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you're choosing your lab based upon their full zirconia crown, you know, you're not really choosing that lab. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can't, if you say things like high quality, low price, fast turnaround time, you're not different. Yeah not different enough. So what about your lab and your process and your relationship with your doctor stands you head and shoulders above the rest? You have to solve a problem with your single unit zirconia crowns. You have to position yourself in a way that's meaningful to the doctor that's uniquely different than the next guy. Hmm. And I think I think most labs miss out on that and, and we want to help with that. Are you finding that you're kind of doing like a whiteboard with your laboratories and you kind of have to pull this information out of them so that you can figure out where that meaning is? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that happens all the time. Like in the case of this interior lab we were working with, they're like, yeah, we have a certain price for our Emacs, a certain price for our veneers, a certain price for our layered zirconia. And I was like, guys, why don't you just simplify and do one price for all your aesthetic cases but then position a successful process, like a six-step process that will give your patients a predictable outcome. And you could make the claim to your doctors that will reduce your anterior remakes to less than a percent because here's a proven process that brings you success. So it's, it's less about using Emacs. Sorry, I have a clar. 
And it's more about using a process that gives patients a predictable result. I think the number one reason why a patient rejects an interior case is the way it feels on their lip and the way it looks in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with the lab tech. The lab tech could have made beautiful crowns or veneers, but the phonetics aren't right. The way it feels on their lip is not right. It's too much lip support, not enough lip support. And now the doctor's scratching his head trying to talk the patient into the case. Yeah. And then it gets kicked back to the lab and the lab has to make a remake and it wasn't even the lab's fault. We can solve that problem. Mm -hmm. So let's do that. And if, if a lab positions themselves as a solution provider to bring a predictable process to solve those problems, the doctors are going to listen. Because when you, when you talk about problem solution marketing and you understand the problem and you understand the solution, you have something called empathy and authority. Yep. Empathy is that I know what the problem is. I know what the pain points are. I'm aware of what causes those problems and I want to remove them from you. I have authority in the space. I've been doing this for a long time. I have a plan to follow. And if we follow it together, you'll be successful. Love it. But every lab is out there basically using a handful of the same products, a handful of the same machinery, a handful of the same design software. Or just one, Elvis. Or just one. But how do we, how do labs really deficiate? I mean, I know you've given examples, but I just don't see how a lab like tomorrow could make a difference using the same equipment every other lab is using. Let's steal from Domino's. What if a lab positioned, we have an emergency crown for you. Every 50 crowns you order, you get a free one in your queue and you can just click order anytime you want for a remake or for a friend or for a staff member or whatever. Just like pizza, you know, red sauce and dough and mozzarella cheese is the ultimate commodity. Mm-hmm. Domino's has positioned an emergency pizza, right? If a lab positioned, hey, doc, we have an emergency crown. It's free for you. And you can use it in these types of emergency scenarios. That's just a small application stealing from Domino's, one of the best marketing companies probably in the world. And they're an ultimate commodity, more of a commodity than a dental lab. Yeah. So instead of saying, do 10 crowns with us, you get one free. Yep. You say, do 10 crowns have an emergency crown yes. to solve a problem. Yes. Either a patient doesn't have insurance, patient can't pay. All those. An employee needs something. That's great. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You start with describing those problems first. What happens when your staff member breaks a tooth and they don't want to pay and you want to do them a favor? Yeah. Or what happens when you have a remake that you know the lab really shouldn't do at no charge because the patient, whatever. Mm-hmm. You need an emergency crown. Well, here you go. We have one for you. I like this idea. To stole from Domino's. Yeah. What other problems can we run into and then steal from other ad companies? <laughs> I mean, we, we could probably come up with one in the denture world, but digital dentures have a unique ability to to reproduce. Oh, yeah. I've I've yet to sure. see a lab in a smart way market the reproducibility of a digital denture as a problem solve. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they're out there. I think, I think they just need to be inspired a little bit and steal some great ideas from people like Domino's yeah. and position a digital denture as a problem solve. Because when digital dentures first came out, labs are running around and say, hey, doc, I have a digital denture now. Do you want to buy it? Why does a doctor care? Why? Yeah. You got to tell him why he should care. And the only reason he's going to care is if it's solving a meaningful problem for him or his patient. Well, for me, it's always less chair time, <laughs> less appointments. 
I mean, that's a huge problem solver. But what you're saying, Rob, is if the denture gets lost or broken, you can immediately reproduce it, boom, and have it to them that day or that next day. Yeah, like, I mean, if I owned a lab, which I don't, but if I did, I'd say, hey, doc, you know, how would you like an emergency denture? Here, we'll go back to the dominoes. Spend, buy so many dentures for me, and I'll, I'll reproduce any one of them for free, right? Mm-hmm. So, doc, you can take my offer to you, and you can have a replacement plan for your patients. Mm-hmm. Right? I've not seen anyone leverage a replacement plan or like an insurance policy to a patient or from the lab to the doctor and I think that that opportunity is just ripe and no one's really pursued it. Interesting. Well, most labs will warranty removable, obviously a lot less than fix, but in the age of digital, there's no reason why we couldn't warranty it longer just because it's a simple reprint. Of course. Mm. Interesting. And I think also, you know, AI, right, is a huge opportunity to leverage. And Rob recently spoke at, at Vision. I don't know if you guys, I don't think you guys were, oh yeah, uh, I saw you, Elvis, right? Yeah, I saw you at Vision. Yeah, yeah come on you, now. Yeah, I was I there. You, I saw you. <laughs> were you in uh, Rob's lecture? 100%. What were your takeaways? Scared the bejeebies out of everybody in the room. What were your takeaways? <laughs> I'm a believer in AI to a degree. Rob kind of hit the audience with a lot of, if you don't get on this, you're going to be behind. And I think your analogy was there's, what, a 12-year-old already doing it? Um, <laughs> it was 25-year-old. Okay, 25, close. yeah. Okay, same difference to me. I'm getting old. But, I mean, there's truth in that because it's only getting easier. And you won't need as much skill and talent to produce the easy work. It's an unfortunate reality. It is. That strikes, it, strikes to the, the heart of the 30-year CDT. A hundred percent. But it's no different than any other industry, honestly. I agree that in ways AI is kind of insulting to their trade. Like I agree with that. Yeah. But we cannot disagree with the evolution of technology and the usefulness and productivity of AI. It's like standing out in the ocean trying to fight against the waves that are crashing in. You can't do it. AI is coming. Didn't all the actors just go on strike and one of their reasoning was because of AI? Hmm. And making sure it doesn't get into yep. movies and extras are still being paid because we can make AI extras now. Hmm. I mean, it's all over the place. It's just how you adapt to it. It absolutely is. Elvis, from, from the talk I gave on AI, do you remember the, the problem that I had positioned for labs to try to solve with AI in a way that the doctor might care? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't. No, it's okay. <laughs> One of them was... Doc, what if I could guarantee you that you will never have a patient need to be rescheduled? Oh, well, yeah. the doctor, the doctor is going to be like, yeah, right, dude. Well, how, how can you make that promise? Well, doc, I have the ability to produce a crown in 24 hours. Sometimes I might have an internal remake, which is the reason why most labs do crowns in three to five days. But doc, if I finish the case in 24 hours and it's good to go, I'm going to send it to you and you're going to get it on. You send me an iOS scan on a Monday. It'll ship out on Tuesday. You get it on Wednesday. How about you trust that my turnaround time is going to be so fast that you don't schedule any of your patients until the crown is in your hands. And so then when you're scheduling them, you're scheduling them as soon as your schedule and their schedule aligns. You're not playing the week and a half guessing game, right? If you always knew you had a crown in your possession when you were scheduling the patient, what are the odds you're going to have a reschedule because the crown wasn't there. It's eliminated. 
Yeah. But that only works if I can deliver a crown to a doctor in 24 to 48 hours. True. Yeah, you can't wait two weeks and then schedule. You got to do it. No, but I, the only way to make a 24-hour crown is with AI. That's the only way. At scale. Yeah. At scale, At scale. yeah, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. A three-year dental technician, according to Cole Bishop at 3Shape, can do 200 crowns per eight hours using AI. 200. Well, how long does AI take? Isn't it instant? It's instant. 90 seconds. Right? 90 seconds. That long, and that's not uh... per design. If you uploaded 50 cases, all 50 would be done in 90 seconds. All 50 of them. Wow. They might not be perfect, but... Nope. Still need a CDT to QC. And I think this is where CDT should be proud is that just like driving a Tesla, yeah. you're still in the driver's yeah. seat. And you need to be in the driver's seat, right? Like AI can fly a plane, but everyone wants a pilot in the cockpit, right? AI can design a crown, but every doctor wants a qualified dental technician overlooking the quality of their work. Yeah, because you're tweaking the contacts and the contour and the occlusion. I mean, they can kind of only get you so close, but you still need a brain and a skill set to be able to make it perfect and fit and, you know, any occlusal issues or, yeah, I totally see that. I can visualize that. I'm not a designer, but I can see where that would be a huge benefit. Yeah. Well, I think the good part you brought up in Vegas was the fact that the dentists, they don't give a rat ass if it's done mm. by AI. They don't. I don't think a lab should ever, ever put that in their marketing oh, message yeah. at oh, all. Yeah. We gave the analogy, Elvis, of when you go out for a nice dinner, if the chef were to come out to greet you and start talking to you, and then he invited you back into the kitchen, and he's going on and on about his knives and his machines. And he says, oh, hey, look, I have the Broiler 5000. I've got these probes I put in it, and it's powered by AI. What you're thinking is, can I go back to my table and sit with my wife? Like, that's <laughs> what I'd be thinking. Like, I don't freaking care if you use AI or not. All I expect is that when the steak comes out, yeah. it's freaking good. That's why I'm paying you. I don't you. care if it's gas or electric. Just feed me. <laughs> <laughs> you made my point. You made my point. So I think it's, it's dangerous for labs to market their technology. What they need to market is a solution to a problem. Uh, Christopher Lockhead, he's a great marketer. He's got a podcast called Lockhead on Marketing. It's really, really good. My favorite one-liner of his is, if you market your product to me, I think you want my money. But if you market my problem, I think you want to help me. And that's what I want to help labs do. I want to help labs market a problem to a doctor and their patient and stand up head and shoulders above the rest as a problem solver in a unique way where the lab goes, oh, I don't want to lose that. Like Sasha said, right? I, don't, I can't lose that lab because mm -hmm. they solve my problems in a meaningful way. So how are you guys getting this message out? Do I have to be a client of Harvest to have the ability to work with both of you? Or I mean, like, what does that look like for our listeners? You don't have to spend anything with us, Barb. I, Sasha or I would have a complimentary call with you, brainstorm some ideas, I would even give you some free advice. And then we would discuss, do you want to engage with us formally to help you with marketing or not? And if you just want to take some free advice and go about your, your day, then you're fine. I was on a call with a local lab here in Arizona, and I spent an hour with them talking about all sorts of things. At the end of the call, she goes, Rob, this has been unfair. We've talked about me the whole time. What can I buy from you? <laughs> I said, well, and I said, I have these three products. I'd love for you to give them a chance. So she bought wow. them. 
And that's how we like to Voila. sell it. Super Pig, one of them? I love Super Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I, I love that. I, you might be hearing from us very soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love to spend some time. And alignment with Sasha and I has been so much fun because we think really identically in this, you know, be, it's like give, 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 ask, yeah. give knowledge, give help, give solution to problems. Even if it's not a product from Harvest, people will come back saying, what can I buy from Harvest? How can I help you? And it happens 99 times out of 100. People just, they want to reciprocate. So Sasha, I've got a question about you and everything that I see on LinkedIn and all of your videos. When do you come up with the, you know, do you have a really good therapist or are you just a <laughs> <laughs> do you read a lot of books? Yeah. Uh, because you regularly inspire me. And I'm just curious for myself, you know, what drives you? What, how do you figure out what do you want to put out there? Is it again, laying in bed at night thinking? Because it's, it's really... I, I think they're pretty special, so I'm just asking. Barb wants the secret. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And it means a lot that, that you find them valuable. Listen, I'm an entrepreneur like most in the lab industry. And if not an entrepreneur, an intrapreneur, right? We're building something. And anytime you build something, there's pain. Yeah. And so part of my motivation is from a transparency position, number one, communicate that you're not alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That what you experience, I experience. The things that keep you up at night, keep me up at night. The things that make me confident, make you confident. You know, there's a part of that is just calling is just, you know, is faith based, right? I believe in God. And that's something that 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 I feel like I'm, I'm called to do. Um, mm -hmm. And part of it is it brings me incredible satisfaction. I want to be, as per harvest, I want to be more valuable than what I do. Yeah. You know, obviously I have a role at harvest that requires me to, to create value for dental technicians and laboratories all over the world. And then I'm a human being that has scars and that has learned many, many lessons across, you know, the 18 years that I've built this business and now building it with Rob as a partner. And I want to share that. I, I want to share the insights, the entrepreneur insights that, that I've, I've, I've accumulated and acquired. And so I would say that that's kind of where, where it comes from. Again, the journal for me is the place where it starts. It's usually a current situation that I'm in, right? As I'm working through something, an idea, a process, a, a limiting belief in myself, Right. Putting it out there and, you know, kind of e extracting that from my brain onto paper so that I can see it, I can read it. And sometimes it's what do I believe about myself in this situation? And in, in what I write will be, I'm insecure. I'm fearful of this, that, and the other. And when I'm staring at that, it then becomes a mirror and a catalyst to deploy the opposite thinking. Mm. Wow. Again, it's identity growth, identity formation, right? I don't want to be the same person today, you know, or, you know, today that I was yesterday, right? I, I should have a progression based on the experiences that I had yesterday. And so if I can help, especially lab owners and, and not just lab owners, but anybody in the industry, right? This is the, the, the platform that I have. Harvest gives me the authority to be heard. Because of what's behind me, right? Yeah. 
people listen to me. If I was just some guy talking on the internet, I mean, nobody would probably care, but they know Harvest. And this is the guy that is, you know, behind Harvest. Um, Harvest has a positive track record. Maybe he's got something to say. And usually I think people are maybe a little bit surprised at the transparency because I share things that are not always positive, right? Like I'm, I'm sharing some of the, the negative thoughts that I have and, and then how I'm, I'm working myself out of those things. And so I think that's the kind of the birthplace for a lot of it. That's a great answer. It's a very therapeutic though. You know, you must've had a really good therapist or maybe it's God, <laughs> but, but to be that honest. Barb wants a name, Barb wants a number. <laughs> to be that honest with yourself about where you are and how you share your problems and your solutions. I, I just think it's remarkable. And I thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I want to comment on this because I think Elvis and Barb and I would agree that Sasha's willingness to talk about things that are humbling, painful, maybe mistakes he's made, those things are attractive to us, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then if we're going to learn from Sasha, we should then also be willing to talk about our own pain, our own struggles, our own issues, and how we're maybe currently working through them and admitting that we don't have it all figured out. Because I think oftentimes I find myself like, I don't want to admit I have a problem, but yet I also can see and recognize that when other people admit that they have a struggle, a problem, an issue, it relaxes tension. Mm -hmm. It helps you feel more safe and more willing to talk about your own issues. And I think it's one of the qualities of Sasha's leadership that's attracted me to him is because I, I cherish that, right? If you have a leader that's willing to humble themselves and say, yeah, I screwed that up or I'm really struggling through this. I don't know what decision to make right now. I need another day. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a, that's attractive, but I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. Well, not many leaders would do that because you feel like you'd lose that sense of leadership. Mm. Right. And I think it's a false sense of competency to say, well, if I never admit I have a mistake, I'll be perceived as more competent. But the inverse of that is everyone knows you're just a hypocrite. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's got right. issues. We, we, we all have things we're afraid of. We all have stressors. We all have personal issues, professional issues, and gaps in our intelligence and confidence and whatever. And if we're just unwilling to ever talk about them, well, then you're just fake. Mm. And, and none of us want that. And you'll never solve them. Right. No. And I think too, you know, one of the other barriers that I think that, that I had early on was sharing the things that actually I believe have made me successful. And so, you know, you can almost fall into a sense of false humility where, where you feel like, well, you know, maybe I'm, you know, they'll, they'll think I'm bragging or, you know, they'll think I'm boastful mm -hmm. and to kind of, again, you know, settle into my, my faith and, you know, arrive at that conviction. Like, no, this is, this is like, I, I want to share these things because I want other people to know, and maybe it'll help some other, some other people, some other lab owners. And so, you know, this podcast that you guys have created, right. I think has given our industry, I mean, literally, right. I mean, a voice from the bench. Mm -hmm. I know that the industry is incredibly grateful for, for this work, for you guys, you, you know, Elvis and Barb, you guys showing up consistently. I mean, how many episodes are you guys in now? Phew. At the time of this, <laughs> 304, 305. Yeah, for sure. I That's, mean, you amazing. know, I mean, this is a calling, right? I mean, this is hard work yeah. to show up every day and give the industry a voice and I don't know anybody that doesn't listen to this podcast. And so, Aww. you know, we, 
you know, yeah. Rob and I and the thousands of others in this industry are incredibly grateful for your work, for your dedication, for your sacrifice, and for your mark that you have embedded. You've planted a flag in, in the industry that people look to for comfort, for, for community. Been, you've been part of the glue. And so for that, you know, I want to thank you. Yeah, I see you're doing it again. Get all emotional over here. Thank you, and and that's much of honestly, and really appreciate. It. I know Elvis does because his brainchild. Well, of course, but we always like to say that. I mean, Barb and I are just on here providing a platform at this point. I mean, yes, we put work into it. Yes, we do a lot of behind the scenes, but it's this industry yeah. that's just absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if other industries could do this i just don't know but mm. you know when we started i remember having serious conversations with barb if we'd find enough guests yeah interesting true and uh true. not at all i mean some people ask to be on sometimes we ask people it's just people recommend rob's our new uh, yeah. <laughs> he recommends everybody now. emails <laughs> <laughs> but it's the industry and it's the same way that you guys can go into a lab and have them talk about their problems. Mm. We can have people on here and just talk. Yep, so true. Mm. Well, what about you, Sasha? I mean, you started a podcast. Yeah. What is that? Uh, insights, right? Yeah, so Entrepreneur yeah. Insights. And um, again, it's the long form version of, of some of the things that I do. So where, you know, you'll see on LinkedIn or Facebook, you know, you'll see kind of little pot shots of, of information mm -hmm. and content. The podcast is like my audio journal. It's where I go deep. That's what it sounds like yeah. when you listen. It's, it's like a personal journal that you're just reading out loud. Yeah. It's, it's where I go deep and it's, it's curated, right? Is, is a story, right? It's mm -hmm. a story and it's a story around the things and what I know you know, with regards to the pain that entrepreneurs feel and, and in particular laboratory owners, the conversations that I have, you know, usually when I meet with somebody, when I meet with a lab owner, their expectation is that I'm going to talk about harvest products. That's oh, their expectation. Yeah. That's what salespeople do. And what they realize very quickly is the value exchange is improportionate, that they walk away with something that they are taking with them, hopefully, which is my, that's my ambition. Mm -hmm. And I won't even ask for an order because it's, it's for me, it, it's what makes me happy. And then it always comes around. Right. But w Rob and I are very, we're just, I think that we, we, we just want lab owners to win. We want laboratories yeah. to win. And so that's essentially why entrepreneur insight. And that's why I say, you know, that's why I appreciate you guys because I know how hard it is to show up when, when you don't feel like it because it's a consistent, it's a discipline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, I mean, there's a lot of times that I don't feel like it and I, and I have to do it. And sometimes I get super busy and I miss a couple weeks and, you know, and it, it, it's like, I, I mean, you guys have just not missed a beat, but yeah, that's, it's really just about um, the insights that I've gained in growing harvest that I want to share with the dental lab world. Yeah, I recommend everyone to check it out. I mean, even if you're not an entrepreneur, it's some great insights. I mean, I don't own a business, but I listen to it. I pick up quite a bit. Oh, thanks, Elvis. It's good motivation. If I can stay up on it, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does get pretty deep for sure. Yeah.
So with Harvest, I mean, do you even have any salespeople? We don't have a sales team. We have what we call a brand experience team. And that's because we truly believe that differentiation really is rooted in behavior. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how a company engages at the touch point level, right? When you hear of Zappos, right? This is a shoe retailer Mm -hmm. that is no different from any other shoe retailer on the planet. But what is different about them? The DNA. Yeah. And in Harvest is a DNA brand. We believe that in order to differentiate, we need innovation as any company does. But in Harvest's case, it's not just product innovation, but it's behavioral innovation. And we also want, we don't hold our team to, you know, really strict sales quotas and you know, those types of things, because we believe that it devalues our touch. I agree. Yeah. So I would rather have, you know, Mary Beth Starr, who's our director of brand experience on. Wonderful person. Thank you. She is amazing. I've known her for 25 years and I created this position around her gift. Yeah. And she's a bridge builder. And I would rather have her spend you know, a half hour, 45 minutes listening to a customer, to a customer problem, or just a customer in general, then have to, you know, hurry up, sell and get off the phone to call the next person. Yeah. I've known of other companies where their salespeople, like you have to contact, you know, 14 people a day. And I'm like, how does any of that become meaningful? It's just tough to build a human relationship that way. Yeah, you're always wanting to leave because you got more to do. And that's just, it doesn't work. Or you're not listening because you're rushed. Yeah. So yeah, so we don't have salespeople. But what we do have is passionate innovation. Products are birthed at harvest by way of passion. And we, again, we look for molehills, not mountains. We look for categories that are undefended, categories that are static. And we try to disrupt those categories and overturn those product conventions. And Superpeg is a great example of that. And uh, we're launching a new product here very, very shortly called Easy Gum, which is, again, another category disruption, we believe. And it's a preformed pink gingiva composite strip. Ooh. So it, it overturns the convention of the labor-intensive application of syringe and essentially you can produce an a beautiful aesthetic gingiva veneer if you will um on a printed or milled prosthetic in 10 minutes so it's like a sticker and you essentially just yeah you just lay it across the facial you cut away the papillas and you're essentially done yeah it won a wow award with the jdt this year and so this is a product that we're super excited about and again another example of you know, we could easily go and do a syringe composite. That, that's that's the easy thing. The hard thing, uh, you know, over the last two years was developing a product that we understood was going to be difficult because there's a reason it's never been invented. We filed a patent on it. And so this is something that we're really, really excited about. So, you know, Harvest in the midst of all of this kind of, you know, overextended value that we try to create in the middle is we have the harvest promise, which is a best in class product. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's what we deploy as, 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 as an expression, as a brand. And again, just with that, you're listening to, you know, your customers and the needs of the technician where that's going to help 
anybody out there put that pink on a lot faster and more accurate with, you know, a lot less time involved. I love it. 100%, Barb. This was not our idea. Yeah. You solved a problem, right, Rob? Exactly. That's right. That's why we named it Easy Gum because it's, it's easy to learn and easy to train. And what I've heard from labs over and over again is one of the most significant challenges or problems within the four walls of their lab is training up talented technicians, right? Taking them for wherever they're at to the next level. And, you know, training aesthetic gingiva can be technique sensitive. Yeah. And easy gum uh, really brings those barriers of training and sophistication down to a point where it's accessible. I had my 15-year-old daughter, never made a dental prosthetic in her life. I took her to Tom Wyan's lab here in Scottsdale, Arizona, Yeah. put easy gum in her hand, and she made her first case in mm. 12 minutes. Yeah. Tom, Tom showed her once. She applied it, used some of her nail skills, cut away the papillas. We light cured it, and it was pretty dang good for her first yeah. case as a 15-year-old. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And you're going, it works. It, it works. works. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Sasha was getting blown up that day by my by my text <laughs> yeah. messages for sure. <laughs> I bet. Is this product available now? Not yet. It's close. Very, very close to market release. Will people see it in Chicago? They will they yeah. will definitely see it in Chicago. Cool. So you guys have your usual booth in Chicago? Yes. Yes, we will have our usual booth. Yeah. Super excited to to look our customers in the eyes, shake their hand, give them hugs, and uh, connect. For sure. That's going to be a great year. Yep. Both of you going to be in Chicago? Absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't miss it. Nice. Absolutely. Right. It's fantastic. Well, we appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. Yeah. This Thanks is some interesting stuff. Yeah. Love it's an it. honor. I really think a lot of labs can learn a lot by finding out the problems they can solve. Amen, brother. Rather than just saying, more crowns, more crowns. <laughs> yep. I love it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate that. Thank you for We appreciate us. it. And uh, we'll see you in Chicago. Sounds Thank great. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Nice, guys. A huge thanks to Sasha and Rob for coming on our podcast again. I think both of them again, right, Elvis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we think it is fantastic what you guys are doing over at Harvest, and we aren't just talking about Easy Gum, which I will definitely check out at Lab Day. It's great that you two have partnered up and are helping labs find their unique identity, which I think all labs have. We just have to find it. It's great to hear about how you're helping them grow their brand increasing their value, and improving their message to their clients. If anybody out there is interested in doing a whiteboard session with Sasha and Rob, reach out to them at Harvest and just have a conversation. You know what? Only great things can come out of talking to these two guys. Deep thoughts with Rob and Sasha. Nice. All right, everybody. Safe travels to Chicago. We'll see you this weekend. And we'll also talk to you next week. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. Got to go to the tailors, get a new pants shortened. Pants shortened? Yeah, I do. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed on the Voices from the Bench podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the host or Voices from the Bench, LLC.